Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. It's the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, with you, joined by Pete Reporter. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job for us there at BamaOnline.com. We're going to get your Monday going. We're going to get you sprinting headlong into another week. This edition of the podcast on the heels of the Alabama Crimson Tide's first scrimmage, Charlie, of the 2020 calendar year. I didn't really think about that, Charlie, until after we heard from Nick Saban on Saturday. But August 29th. First scrimmage of 2020 for Alabama football. It's crazy. Yeah, it's the first time they've been at Bryant-Denny since the, the Western Carolina game back in November. So yeah. uh, the, the big – I don't want to say the big takeaway, but in hearing his comments, um, you know, he – with everything that's been going on this off season, you know, no spring, um, having to deal with players being away from, from campus and then coming back together and having all these new protocols and, and regulation and, you know, just kind of practicing just to practice, you know, at, at one point they didn't know who they're going to play to begin the season or, and what that would look like, but to, to get out there, uh, on Saturday, um, it, it, it's kind of felt like, yeah, we're, we're getting ready to play a game. That's what Nick Saban said. And um, although, you know, we weren't able to be out there, we weren't able to go out for the one measly viewing period beforehand that we usually get, uh, it sounds like it was a pretty good day for Alabama. Just to get back out there, as he talked about, had to be a good feeling. But there were questions, there were rumblings throughout the the last week about availability of some guys. And one in particular, we had that answered for us by Nick Saban himself on Saturday, although Nick Saban didn't get into particulars about the Bryce Young situation, Charlie. I think it's safe to say if Nick doesn't say it's an ankle, a knee, a shoulder, something like that specific that's typically on the injury report that he'll run down, uh, I'm thinking it could be COVID-19 related. What about you, Charlie? Yeah, I think just pay attention to the way that he said things, especially Saturday. Exactly. In, in, the, in his opening statement, even before he was asked about the quarterbacks, um, he said that they had some players who didn't participate and that hopefully that they'll be able to get those players back soon. And his, his next statement was, was the most interesting thing I think he said. And I, and I think that's just what, you know, that's the new normal. That's what we're going to have to get used to is that they're treating those players as if all of them who can't practice are injured. He didn't say they had injuries. He just said they're treating them like that. So, um, you know, that's the way they're approaching it. They're going to try to do everything to keep them as safe as possible. And, and Bryce Young was one of those players. It doesn't sound like he did much, if anything at all, uh, this past week. And so make of that what you will. Alabama hasn't said anything official, uh, when it comes to that. And they I don't expect them to, 
but he wasn't out there in the scrimmage Saturday. That That's not great for him, but the good news is he'll be back um, Monday. They don't have practice Monday. They, their first practice of the week will be uh, Tuesday, uh, tomorrow. But, you know, it's, it's a situation where that's how they're going to handle it. So I, I guess that's just kind of what we should come to expect moving forward. Yeah, I think it's similar to what you're seeing even in the – in the national football league and, and just because guys aren't out there and just because perhaps they fall into that category, uh, you know, there, there are different protocols in place for guys who have maybe been exposed to people that have the virus or have tested positive, or there may be guys that have straight up tested positive, uh, for the virus. I'm guessing there's a, a, a couple of different directions that this thing can go. Uh, based on the particular case. So uh, we did learn that on Saturday following the scrimmage. Um, you know, I thought that, again, when you t- when you look at the defensive side of the ball, we'll get more into this when we move into our next segment on the podcast today, which, by the way, we're going to fill in some blanks for the Alabama Crimson Tide following Saturday's scrimmage. We'll do that coming up in just a little bit. But young players, once again, Charlie, a uh, big part of the – press conference theme for Nick Saban. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, he and Pete Goldie and even Steve Sarkeesian, they, they haven't really held back when it comes to some of these freshmen. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban was asked multiple times. So he, he was initially asked about Brian Branch, the, the true freshman safety, uh, who's really, you know, started to generate a lot of buzz at that star position. I, I believe from everything I've heard, he was the guy that was running with the ones uh, in Saturday's scrimmage. But, you know, he said that both Brian Branch and Malachi Moore, another true freshman, have been playing the star position. I know Moore worked with the the twos on Saturday. So did Jalen Armour Davis, a more um, you know program veteran. But you know, those are two young players that have shown potential, and um, that's a position that is certainly one Alabama needs to fill with uh, Shaheem Carter moving on. And uh, I think it's. That one, to me, in the secondary will be the most interesting one to follow because right now you have a true freshman uh, that's kind of held down the fort for the last couple of practices, if not more. Uh, but, no, it's it's a situation where that's where we've seen young guys make an impact before. Now, these guys, I'm not – you and I have, have, have talked about how Brian Branch is similar to Minka Fitzpatrick, but this is, uh, this is exactly what Minka did. He came in and he locked down that star spot as a true freshman, and that's how he got on the field. And, and Brian Branch right now seems on the same trajectory. And then when it comes to outside linebackers, he was just asked specifically if he thinks that they have multiple guys that can play winning football you know, as, as edge rushers. And he went on to talk about Chris Allen and Ben Davis, the guys that have been at the front of the line, but it didn't take him long to mention Drew Sanders and, and Will Anderson. And that's the first time we've heard those two by name. And those are the, you know, they've, they've talked about how they think a couple of outside linebackers can contribute, but now we, we kind of know who's, you know, stepping away from the pack. And, and that's been, you know, the talk all preseason. It's just how good those two have looked. And, um, you know, he thinks that they have, you know, some guys that can you know, work into a rotation. And it sounds like Will Anderson, a, a true freshman, uh, you know, had a pretty good scrimmage on Saturday. And, you know, those are those are two areas, the secondary and the outside linebacker, where they have to replace a ton of experience. And it sounds like some young guys are, are in the mix there for sure. Yeah, Saban also was asked about the offensive line, kind of the center position in general. And uh, it sounds like it, and based on what, what what we had in the nuggets there from the scrimmage on the uh, Bama online roundtable on Saturday evening, uh, that that first group still with Chris Owens, I guess at center now, 
Um, and really a two deep that, that, that we had in that nuggets package that, you know, it's pretty experienced group. I mean, you've got seven or eight guys, uh, in those first two groups of offensive lines right now that, uh, you know, whereas some of those, a few of those guys haven't played a bunch in terms of game reps, uh, they, they're guys that have been around a little while now and uh, you got to feel good about the depth of that situation. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the offensive line, especially just what they can field in that first group. And you have four seniors in the interior. You have three uh, redshirt seniors, and obviously Chris Owens, the guy that's, that's been there uh, in the early goings of camp. He's a guy that started four games at center last year before Deontay Brown got back in the mix. And so, yeah, that's kind of been you know when they've been able to be on the field, um, whether it's injury or something else. Those guys have been the the main group you've had from left to right. Alex Leatherwood. Uh, Deontay Brown, Owens, Lana Dickerson, and, and Evan Neal. And then the twos, uh, you talked about the, the center position, uh, Darian Dalcourt. Uh, he they, he and, and Owens, I think, are the guys that they would like to play at center the most. Uh, I think Emil Ekior gives them three quality options, but Ekior is kind of that versatile player there in, in the interior. He can play you know, center and guard, and I think he was um, he was a guard with the twos uh, on Saturday along with Pierce Quick. And then you know, the tackles were Tommy Brown and Kendall Randolph, a couple of guys that have been in the, the program for a few years now. So and that too deep, I mean, the, the second group isn't as experienced as the first group, but there's guys that have been in this program that know the system, know what to do, and have, have waited their turn. And uh, that, that's a pretty solid too deep when you just put it down on paper. Yeah, and you like the tackles, obviously, with Leatherwood and Evan Neal. But an interesting scenario to consider, and I want to get your thoughts on this, one of those two guys goes down. Who is really the next guy up at tackle? Is it Kendall Randolph? Uh, again, another one of these veterans, important snaps, more so as a tight end last year. Uh, he's also worked at guard. You know, Tommy Brown's had a couple of years in the program now. He's been able to make some strides physically. I believe he's up in that 320-pound range. Or do they get creative Charlie in that scenario. And it's one of these guys maybe that's actually working inside right now. Could be Elaine and Dickerson or uh, how would you say, how would you envision that playing out if they needed another tackle to jump in there today for one of those two starters? How do you think that would work right now? Yeah, I, I think they have options like you just laid out. And you know, when it comes to the offensive line and trying to predict that, I always feel like I get it wrong because you would just be like, <laughs> you would feel like it would be next man up. So in that scenario, it would be Kendall Randolph would just step in for Evan Neal. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Landon Dickerson kick out to right tackle and they put a Mill Ekior, who's kind of that sixth man of that offensive line in the mix. That one would be kind of if, if I were to go into Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian and, and Kyle Flood's heads, I, I feel like that might be the way they go. But I think mm-hmm. the luxury of the situation is you have multiple options there. Obviously tackle the depth there isn't as um, it isn't as plentiful as the guards and the centers, the, just the, all three of the interior spots. But like we just talked about Tommy Brown and Kendall Randolph have been around for a while. Um, you know, I think we've even seen Chris Owens, see some reps at, at tackle. Maybe you kick him out to tackle and bring Darian Dalcourt into the mix. Who knows? Uh, they just, they have a lot of ways that they can mix and match these guys to get the five best players on the field. And I think that that helps all three of those guys sleep easier at night. Here's the way I could see it. I could see them. If it's an in game situation, right. Mm-hmm. Then perhaps it's more next man up. 
you lose one of those two tackles, then maybe it is Kendall Randolph that you're running there and you get through the game and, and, and he's your guy. Then once you get back into the practice week, you perhaps look at a combination that involves moving one of your inside guys outside. Just a thought. Uh, a couple, and you're right because we've seen it a variety of different ways uh, in the Nick Saban era. But uh, you know, I, it's not that I don't think they they don't have capable guys. It's just kind of trying to figure out exactly which one of them they would choose. It's it's. I guess what we're saying is they they actually have a pretty good problem uh, <laughs> if it if it comes down to it. One problem they haven't had, Charlie. Before we head to a break here and get into our filling in the blank segment. They haven't had the problem in terms of frontline players anyway, star-type players. They haven't been hit by the opt-out situation. And, man, what a weekend it's been for that for a couple of teams. LSU with Jamar Chase, the Fred Bolitnikoff Award winner as the nation's top wide receiver in 2019 with an absolutely ridiculous season a year ago. And then even at the G5 level, a really good running back in Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell, of uh, Memphis, we learn on Sunday, has opted out over 2,000 all-purpose yards a year ago for the Tigers. Uh, to this point, Alabama's been able to avoid that. Yeah, from a, a star player perspective, they have. And yeah, that's a huge blow for LSU. I know they've had a, a couple of, <clears throat> of other guys to, to opt out, but Chase is, you know, he's arguably their best player. I know Derek Stingley's a guy that was just uh, phenomenal as a true freshman last year and could play possibly both sides of the football in his returner. But Jamar Chase and that offense, even with Justin Jefferson and, and everything that they had around Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase was just, I mean, he was clearly the, the best receiver in the country. And um, that's, that's a big loss. But, yeah, I mean, the, the timing is a little weird because you've been through you know several practices now. Um, and from Alabama's perspective, I don't know if we've had a player that is projected to be a top draft pick uh, that ha- that we haven't talked to via Zoom. We've talked to Dylan Moses. We've talked to Najee Harris. We've talked to Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and Alex Leatherwood and um, Patrick Sertan. And, and all of those guys have said that they're, you know, they plan to play and they feel comfortable and safe on campus. Um, you know, obviously we've seen with LSU things can change, but as of now, yeah, Alabama's avoided that. And uh, when it comes from, when it comes to the perspective of, of their you know, top draft prospects and, and really their top players. So, um, you know, that's something clearly we'll continue to monitor, but, uh, as of right now, it's been good news for Alabama. Yeah. It'd be like Alabama losing Devonte Smith, basically, yeah. perhaps even a bigger blow to LSU. And that's not to devalue Devonte cause he's coming off a monster season in his own right. But, uh, LSU built similarly, I guess what I'm saying to Alabama in terms of returning talent, Terrace Marshall Jr., a really good player. Obviously, Chase, again, a nutty season a year ago. Uh, and then you've got some questions. you got some talent, just like Alabama has some talent. Uh, but in terms of proven options, there's uh, a lot to sort of figure out there for the LSU Tigers. Going to head to a break. We come back. More of the Bama Online podcast with Charlie Potter, our beat reporter, right here for us at BamaOnline.com. We get back. We'll play some filling in the blanks when it comes to this Alabama football team on the heels of its first scrimmage of the preseason, its first scrimmage of the 2020 calendar year. We'll do that with Charlie when the show returns right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Charlie, you ready to fill in some blanks for this Alabama team after its first scrimmage? Let's uh, let's get into some of that. And what we'll do is we'll we got three, four, five, maybe even six of these that will will bounce around. But uh, I'm going to start with. The secondary, because you touched on it. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. Um, But with all the jobs that are up for grabs in this Alabama secondary, Charlie, blank is the best way to describe how things currently sit for the back end of the Alabama defense. Yeah, I think it's it's been well documented of how much Alabama has to replace. You look at his nickel defense, uh, his nickel secondary, which nickel's the you know the package we see probably more often than not, and they have to replace four starters there. And there, there's guys in the program that I think people could pencil in and, and guess who's going to be the starters. But uh, and, and a lot of those guys have been. But I think through eight practices now, I would say the secondary is is coming together. That's the words that I would use because we've seen Patrick, Patrick Sertan and Josh Job, you know, at the corner spots and, and Pete Golding, you know, talked about how they feel comfortable in those guys being able to lock it down on the boundary. And then it's been pretty consistent that we've seen uh, Jordan battle and Daniel Wright on the back end as the safeties. And I think, you know, DeMarco Helms is a guy that can, you know, be in the mix there. Uh, and I think he's a, he's a player that could obviously play the money spot and has played the money spot when they go to dime. And then, you know, we talked about it uh, earlier, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again uh, a little later. But Brian Branch has really emerged as a as a real possibility at star, and um, I think that they also have some some guys they feel comfortable with and want to see more from, and Jalen Armour Davis and Malachi Moore. Uh, but you know, it, it's starting to come together. It's a to me, I think the secondary was one of the biggest question marks uh, for this team. You know, heading into this preseason and this fall camp, but. We and you come to look at like preseason uh, projections and you know trying to, to preview the the secondary and guess how things were going to look. It's kind of been chalk outside of that that star position. The, the guys that we yeah. expected to be there have been there, and I think that they're starting to uh, to to gel and to come together as a unit. So yeah, I think coming together would be how I would describe it. Yeah, I, I was thinking growing optimism, which is essentially coming together. You know, if you really think about it, it means that there's progress that's being made, maybe cautiously optimistic at this point, because whereas there is a positive buzz with these guys, you know, there's so many of them that have got to go out there and do it uh, against SEC competition from start to finish this year. You know, there's it, it, it's 10 straight. So. Uh, with that, let, let's hear it. Let's let's hear your dime secondary right now. What, what, who are your six guys in the dime if they played today, Alabama? Corners would be Sertan and Job. Safeties would be Battle and Daniel Wright. The money would be Demarco Helms, and the star would be Brian Branch. That's who I would roll with. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, and you're right. I think when you talk about five of those six, that is pretty much what. We were thinking even back before the start of what was supposed to be spring practice. So that would that would seem seem about right. Okay, the next fill in the blanks. 
Blank and Blank are two freshmen you will see a lot of on defense when Alabama opens the season at Missouri on September the 26th. Well, one of them we've talked about a lot already in, in Brian Branch. Um, you know, he's just it, – it's kind of crazy because you didn't have the – obviously the spring practice and you didn't have a normal summer, but he's come in and just – you know, t- taking the position over, really. Um, things can change. There's still plenty of practice time before that se- September 26th opening. But uh, uh, Brian Branch looks like a real possibility at star. And then the other one for me is is Will Anderson, the outside linebacker. You know, a couple of players from the state of Georgia, and he's just a name that continues to come up. He had a really good scrimmage on Saturday. And, you know, Saban, like we said earlier, said that, that he and Drew Sanders have shown some promise this preseason. And I think that both of them worked with the twos. I think Anderson got some reps with the ones. And um, <clears throat> just when it comes to like a third down situation and, and a guy you want to get after the passer, I think Anderson is someone that can fill that role. And it says a lot about him and, and Sanders – or uh, Anderson is someone that can fill that role. I think it says a lot about him and Sanders that you know they've come in they're they're ready to play at a position where we've seen guys have to really wait their turn and um you know obviously there's there's plenty of time before the season kicks off but right now i mean those both of those young guys look like real possibilities to see a lot of the field and anderson you know at the the top of that list has been as advertised if not more so yeah no argument here with either of those two guys um absolutely uh, on the defensive side of the ball, there's been a lot of names bandied about in terms of inexperienced players, newcomers, but uh, yeah, Branch and Anderson are, are two that continue to resonate. Same question, same blanks, just on the other side of the ball. Blank and blank are two freshmen, and I guess we need to probably differentiate before smart guy chimes in and says, well, you didn't say red shirt or true. Blank and blank are two true freshmen you will see a lot of on offense when UA opens the season at Missouri. Might be a little more difficult to come up with a couple of guys on that side of the ball, huh? It was. I mean, the the two on defense, I feel like right now at least, are slam dunks. And the first one that came to mind on offense is another player from the state of Georgia, and that's Javon Baker, the wide receiver. Um, Obviously, Alabama returns Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Uh, but that third receiver spot is is really interesting. I think John Mechie has has been there um, for the most part uh, through camp. I know he was there uh, on Saturday. But guys like Baker and, and Slade Bolden have made things interesting, and I think that you know, we could see you know those five receivers a lot this fall. And, and I think Baker is he's a guy when he came in this summer, um, the buzz started then. Um, he's a bigger body. Uh, I think one of the question marks about him was his speed, and and uh, Dr. Matt Ray kind of debunked that pretty early on with a tweet he put out. Uh, and, and so I, I just think that Javon Baker, we've seen just like the defensive backs, the the wide receiver position is where young guys can come in and make an immediate impact, and and he seems like the next in in a long a long line of that. Uh, and you know I know that he worked with the second team pretty much for the most part on on Saturday, and he and Paul Tyson hooked up a couple times and. Um, I just think that, you know, when you look at Javon Baker from the offensive side of the football, that's that's where I would lean first. And then it, it gets a little hairy. And, you know, I, I went with, I think, the easier choice and, and said Bryce Young. Um, I know that he wasn't able to scrimmage on Saturday. You know, he wasn't afforded the, the 15 spring practices uh, that a typical early enrollee gets. But 
the guy is just he's a special player and they're going to want to get him as much experience as they can you know you and i have talked about it um on previous podcasts about it's going to be tough to to try to get him on the field in every game but i think they're going to want to get him uh plenty of game reps and uh get him ready because depth is going to be critical for this team this season i mean we're talking about players that are potentially missing practice because of your know, covid cases if, if your starting quarterback goes down the next guy has to step up and so i think just the position that he plays playing a premium position and you know the the talent and the buzz that was surrounding him and the recruiting process I, I would go with bryce young here but there's a couple others i could have leaned toward too yeah i i think even if you wanted to throw trey sanders in that group you almost could because of how early on you know he was injured a year ago in fall camp and how much time he missed throughout the fall and then he didn't get the ability to come back for spring practice and sort of try out that uh, ankle injury Uh, and that's where a running back could be interesting you know you don't sort of go into this thinking that Jace McClellan and Roydell Williams and Kyle Edwards are really going to be major factors early in the season anyway. Um, but y- y- you never know. I mean, guys emerge, guys get opportunities and uh, sort of step up, uh, especially in scrimmage situations. Um, and you got to understand with Trey Sanders, too, again, significant injury that he's coming back from. So if you don't hear of Trey Sanders, you know, carrying six times for 374 yards and four touchdowns in a scrimmage, uh, there, there could be a couple different reasons for it. And primarily in what we do, we, we don't have the ability to kind of give you an 85-player rundown coming out of scrimmages either. So just because we don't talk a lot, a lot about guys or we don't hear a lot about guys coming out of a scrimmage, that doesn't mean that, you know, they've kind of sunk like a rock on the depth chart or they're, they're no longer a part of the plan. It's just, uh, it's kind of how things work out scrimmage to scrimmage sometimes. Yeah, definitely. It's, it is a situation where, yeah, I think Trey Sanders is a, is a going to see a lot of the field this year and he is technically a true freshman. You know, he didn't play at all last year, but he is listed as a red shirt freshman, but it goes back to the importance of depth. And I, I know that's the next one we have on the list is just, you know, with, less than a month ago before the the opener blank is the biggest concern for the Alabama yeah. offense. I, I think it's depth and you know what you have in Najee Harris and Brian Robinson at the position. But if, you know, if Trey Sanders is someone that's dealing with a, a nagging injury like he had last year, then those young guys are going to have to be ready to play because Alabama likes to play three running backs. I'm not saying that's the case by any means. I think Trey Sanders has been good to go uh, for most of camp. Um, but it, it is something that with everything going on, you you have to think about. You talked about the quarterback position. Look at the wide receivers. They have seven scholarship wide receivers. If you know if there's an outbreak at that position, it, it gets yeah. hairy. No doubt about it. And with that, Charlie, we appreciate you taking the time here with us on the podcast, the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama online podcast? It's free. It's easy. Anywhere you consume podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, you name it, quick click, and you have your subscription to the Bama Online podcast in place. Also, a rating and a review would be greatly appreciated. In fact, if you'll leave us a question for the program in your review, 
We'll try to get to it. In fact, we will get to it right here on the Bama Online Podcast. For Charlie Potter, Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us here on the show. Keep it locked at BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage of all things Alabama Crimson Tide. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.